This is Garage Life. Nope. Nope. Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you GL Podcast number 163, May 22nd, 2019. Way before Aquaside pellets saved your lakeshore from weeds, it was 99 degrees on this day in 1925 and 32 degrees in 1917. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I've asked you all to familiarize yourself with a story out of Statesville, North Carolina, where there's a big RV store called Camping World that's flying a very large American flag. It's 40 by 80. And the city of Statesville is demanding that it come down. And the uh, CEO says, uh, basically says, over my dead body. Camping World CEO Marcus Limonis is in a battle against city leaders over the huge American flag that flies high over his Gander RV business in Statesville, North Carolina, along Interstate 77. Limonis, who's best known for his CNBC show The Prophet, has refused to remove the 40 by 80 foot flag that the city said is too large and violates a city ordinance. There is no flag, there is no way that flag is coming down, Limonis tweeted. The city recently filed a lawsuit seeking to force the company to take down the flag, and they've, uh, they've imposed a $50 a day uh, fine. The city ordinance in question states that a flag within 100 feet of a highway can't be larger than 25 by 40 feet. A measure to amend the ordinance in October failed. The fine is retroactive, and it's piling up. The uh, CEO is a self-made millionaire. He doesn't care about the lawsuit or the fines. I don't care if it goes to 500 bucks a day. It's not coming down, Lamonis told WSOC. Uh, my family has been car dealers, had been car dealers since the 60s, and our key trademark was always flying our flag in our dealership in South Florida, Lamona said. My family is largely immigrants of the country. They're Lebanese. Uh, now he has launched a petition uh, to and has got more than 87,000 signatures, uh, and uh, he's trying to keep the flag up. Uh, I'll go around the horn here. Reavers, your impression? I find it interesting uh, that a guy that runs a business of this magnitude is having a you-know-what contest with this city. I admire him for doing it, um, I, I, but I think it's it's pretty interesting. But the fact that there's a size allowance for something, a, a symbol of our country, I think is laughable. Kenny? Uh, I'm impressed that he's an immigrant and that he's giving the finger to the city. Mm-hmm. The city says anything within 100 feet has to be uh, less, less than... than 25 by 40 feet and like you said joe this one's 40 by 80 he's an immigrant and he doesn't care if it's going to cost him 500 dollars a day he's giving two fingers right. to the Double city <laughs> and i don't know what you want me to say but i really respect that john height i uh, was when i first saw it this morning was kind of amazed that the the thing has gone this far that uh, the entire story why why can't he have a flag that's just it's not that much bigger than the 25 by 40 ordinance rookie um, my first impression was who complained, who measured out the flag, and the complaint person was not mentioned. Well, all, my take on this story? We all got I'm it wrong. wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe's the right answer. Well, and the other part that occurred to me is 
who was the one that sat in some city council office and said, I'm, we got to come up with a fine amount? To me, this not only is not a story, it's fake news from the right. Uh-huh. We've had a lot of fun with fake news from the left. Interesting. To me, by quoting this guy and setting up the idea that I'm doing this for veterans and uh, I'm a Lebanese ig- immigrant and I'm proud of this country, don't tell me I can't fly my flag, that that creates the sense that the city of Statesville somehow is unpatriotic by going to this mm. uh, corporate CEO and saying your flag must come down. There's absolutely zero evidence that the city of Statesville is taking this action because of their uh, failure to embrace patriotism. Zero evidence. It's a lousy old city council ordinance on the books that probably has to do with safety. That a flag that big credibly could be considered to be a threat if it blew down and on the windshield of a semi or or depending on the wind, it was so big and only 100 feet from the freeway, it could there could be times when it obscured visibility from other people. And yet only only websites from pretty much the right side of the aisle are carrying this story. I don't want to give that much credit to mainstream news gathering because mm. like, they've become impossible. But... This isn't a story. It's not a story. It's meant to what? Further the, the right? Uh, it's a separation no, thing? No, it's being, it's being posted on various sites as an example of uh, the American, uh, you know, uh, America's under attack, patriotism's under attack, yep. the flag's under attack. B as in B, S as in S. It's a bleeping city ordinance, so, and, and the guy has the guy has is has has made a stand in such a way that makes it sound as though he's under attack by an unpatriotic group of uh, politicians. So uh, today, May twenty second, just a few days before Memorial Day, mm-hmm. you Joe Souchere coming out against the American flag. Oh, no. wow. You, American. sir, no. you yeah, need a right. wheelbarrow to tote those things around, my friend. You no, have them. This has nothing to do with patriotism. It's a city ordinance. You know what? You're right. Well, of course I am. Yeah. So the easy solution is... It's not a news story. And the Chris right and I... Most... And I guarantee you, there are talk radio shows in this country today that feasted on this as an example of... Well, didn't we kick the show off with aren't, it? Well, yeah. I'm not going to feast on it all day. <laughs> I have here my formerly nicotine state fingers. How dare this city condemn Oof. the American flag? That's not what it is. That's not what it is. So I fell for it the hardest. Yeah. Well, you yeah. all did to a certain extent, but it's just, it's fake news. It's not a story. It's not a story. But you know, it's I'm, more of a story I, than... It's not, like, it's not a story. Johnny? I, I'm J- going to defend my take on it because I said, how did it get to be such a big thing? Thank you. That's that's tantamount to you saying it's not a story. Well, he's not the fake newsman. He's the newsman. Well, he's a guitar-playing real newsman. <laughs> but I think it's, it, it's, again, it's another lesson in how carefully you absorb news. So do you put this on par with the, uh, the high school kids, uh, the Covington high school kids? What? Obviously, that one was covered much more extensively than this particular story is. No, the problem with the Covington High School kids is that facts were not presented. Well, I only brought that up because you also said... No, it's a good analogy, but facts were left out. No one did their homework. The Covington kids fit fit the template of the Washington Post. Sure. White, privileged high school kids 
Badger Native American. That would fit in their template somewhere. They didn't do their homework. Here the facts are all here, and yet the facts are being twisted so that this guy, uh, the owner of Camper World, he comes out as the hero here because he's seen to be defending the flag, which isn't the case at all. (laughs) You know what else, uh, to bolster your argument, Joe? Uh, The city... There used to be an ordinance said no larger than 8 by 12 feet. Yeah. And just for Camping World in 2015, they made it bigger to allow the flag. I don't, yes, I don't care there how you much you two hate the flag, right. <laughs> hate the country, yep, yep, hate yep. Americans, mm-hmm. hate free speech, and hate the free me- media. I say, God bless America. Attaboy, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, she's racist. You can't play oh, this. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. You're God right. bless America. I just, I'm fascinated. At, I'm fascinated at what's become of the news. I'm, I'm just fascinated, endlessly fascinated. I have to admit, I didn't have that take on it, and I'm pretty cynical. I mean, it's just, I, I, I just think it's just fascinating. Do you think all the outlets that there are now for news and the internet is, you know, contributes to this? Yes, kind of thing. Of because twenty years ago, we'd all gone. Wait a minute. We'd have never known this story. Wait a minute. Because it's not a story. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now you really got my cynic hat on. All right. Uh, the name of the the CEO again. I'm sorry. Uh, Larry. Uh, what, whatever it is. Well, no, it's that's it's we're fact based. Okay. I have it right I, here. I, I, I got a thought here. Marcus Lemonis. So Marcus Lemonis says, "Well, hey, I'm getting fined here." He feeds this story to publicity. Publicity. People are buying campers this time of the year. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. The guy's a genius. Which is why he's the well, CEO of a large corporation and we're sitting here making fart jokes. You're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're, uh, uh, you're murdering to dissect, as Shakespeare no, said. He, no, he's not. I don't, I, I don't think. Now you're trying to get out of a hole because you're wrong and he's right. No. <laughs> no. If that's true, that doesn't diminish my point. No, not at all. No. I, I, I'm, I'm corroborating. My point, be, yes, my yeah, point being that this guy, however cleverly, and if it's done on purpose to sell campers, this guy has positioned himself as he's suffering this affront from a, from a political body that is telling him to take down the American flag. Well, no, he's violating a city ordinance. Right. There's mm-hmm. no, as John just pointed out, they've already accommodated this guy once by allowing him to have a bigger flag. Sure. So, and by fif- the way, we oh, can move on. $50, I, just, I just love it. Uh, $50 a day. That's not a bad price to pay for this much publicity. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, Rookie it's going here up to five. He said he'd pay five. Well, let's go. Do they need an endorsee? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one you uh, flew over when the wife had to drive home from South Dakota? Uh, that was Hilltop Trailer That's sales. it. Well, I just, uh, I think there was a lesson to be learned there. A lesson to be learned there. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, it it certainly was a different perspective than what I thought when I first read it. Yeah, I I actually, uh, way to fish me in, I read two or three articles trying to figure something out about this dog. Well, because Camping World's a huge operation, so I don't doubt for a second that this was all uh, organized. Sometimes those things appeal to me. Campers? Yeah. Oh, I love campers. So a big deluxe RV, and you park yes. it by the lake. You don't have a hotel to deal with. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, uh, camping is one of the gr- the best trip we ever had as a family was our trip to South Dakota. You got to Roseville. That's not no. Camp. That was the no. That was a different time. But the one to, to the Black Hills was well, if you're wonderful. Pull, if you're pulling an RV, it's not camping. 
Uh, no, we had a we had a drivable. It wasn't a trailer. Yeah, that's not camping. Either. You know what I'd slap on the back of it? A Bintelli e bike. Oh, now when I get sure. to where I'm going, I go for a ride. You Never can get fit. these at uh, EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. And this weekend, a great weekend, May 25, uh, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., they're doing a Yamaha Get Out and Ride Demo Day and Barbecue Meet from Grunhofer's. Yeah. Featuring Yamaha, bikes, scooters, ATVs, youth dirt bikes, side-by-side. Uh, lowest prices of the year on everything Yamaha in stock. Great financing available to those who qualify. And special deals on all Bentelli e-bikes and all in-stock scooters. You're not going to find a store in Minnesota with a larger on-floor display of electric bikes, electric assist bikes, and you're not going to pay the crazy prices you would pay for an electric assist bike when those bikes are sold by shops that are exclusively bicycle stores. This is everything. Tim Bloom's got everything. Scooters, Yamaha motorcycles, kids' ATVs and snowmobiles, batteries, helmets, generators, clothing, apparel, you name it. It's all there. Plus, if you're, a, if you're the old man... And you're going on a ride with the family or the kids, yeah. and you tuck her out because the kids are way ahead of you. No, you won't tuck her out. You'll speed Not right by on them. these bikes. They're very easy to handle, and you're going to love them. Yamaha Get Out and Ride Demo Day and Barbecue this Saturday, May 25th, EcoFunMotorsports.com. It's right downtown Forest Lake. So, uh, Rook, uh, before Joe moves on to another topic yeah. here, walk us through camping with Uncle Joe. Uh, we we pull up to the site. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not oh camping. Oh my god! I, <laughs> you know what? There'd be no. There'd be no. I love the guy to death. There's I'm nobody not. to rush out and grab his <laughs> luggage for him and park his car in some mystery lot no, that he has no, no idea no, where it's, it's at. It's when the you know you get the sticker and you're at with the uh, the forest ranger <laughs> yeah. and they say you're going to be in campground 28. No. Bathrooms are over here, right, no. Mr. Sir. He's looking at 29 and 30 to see what else they've got to see. What are they? Wait, no, I don't like this over here. It's kind can I buy four lots on either side of me too? I need to just so nobody stops there. <laughs> What's my escape route in case there's a bear? Ken Hawkinson, emailer Ken Hawkinson, came across an astonishing discovery. He said, "Mayor, imagine my surprise when last night I saw this old homecoming button in a display case." October 2nd, 1959, Lakeville High School hosted Matamidi for homecoming. Okay. This is October 2nd, 1959. The button for that year reads, quote, like, comma, help, period, close quote. Wow. Like. Like help. Were people misusing the word like 60 years ago? And was it embraced back then? Like and- help. Like and how, it was a Lakeville well, button. When was Dobie Gillis? I remember he always used to say that. I did not know he like, said like. Always oh, the Bob Denver character was that Dobie? Yeah. No, no. That Bob was the Denver was Major G buddy. Krebs. That's he always he Gilligan. always used like. Yeah. Well, I'm shocked. I did not know the misuse of the word like, which has ruined the language in this country, uh, goes back that far. I had no idea. That's a that's a very interesting but, okay, but even, observation. I'm looking at it right now, and I I don't understand. Whoops. Oops, what that keyboard does. What does it mean? I don't know what yeah. it means. What? Yeah. There's somebody... What there's does it say under like help? Homecoming Lakeville versus Matamidi in the date. But the... I can tell you what, in 1959, Matamidi had one hell of a football team. So maybe Lakeville was saying, we need help to beat the Zephyrs. Lakeville oh, okay, had to be... That's... In 1959, Lakeville had to be 2,000 people yeah, living was, on farms. It was small, sure. But Matamidi in 1959 was 1,500 people living in, in what yet had to become a bedroom community. Mm-hmm. Now, they're both now bedroom suburbs. 
or is that what they're called? Bedroom communities? Uh, Whatever. Mm. Well, it's, it's just not weird. important to use okay. 60 years ago. Like hell. They used the word like. Downing, frequent contributor notes, regarding the uh, description of suspects yesterday on the light rail main mayhem. My question is, if we can't describe the race of suspects, why do we still describe them as male? How do we know they identify as male? I'm not being a smartass. Seriously, it's the same damn thing. Euphorians are total idiots. I agree. I agree. I went through this in my mind yesterday, and I kept trying to make the point. Suspects should be identified. But there were no suspects left in that case. The two kids were arrested that they thought committed a crime. Yeah. And and the other five were were released. Mm -hmm. So there's no suspects in that case. All right. See, that's how, how I looked at it. Well, let's come back and talk about the search for two people of interest in the uh, uh, fire on uh, the shores of Lake Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Bada Bum. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. That's not me. Police are seeking information on two individuals they say are connected to the restaurant and pavilion fire that occurred in Minneapolis last week. Uh, the fire occurred at the restaurant named Lola on the lake. According to an update Tuesday, the Minneapolis Police Department is seeking information on a man and a woman, they say, uh, were at the pavilion between 3 and 3.30 a.m. when the fire started. And there's a picture of them that uh, reveals their identity as clear as day. Yeah, several Mm -hmm. pictures, especially one where there's uh, some sparking. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point now, lightning has been ruled out as the cause of the fire. Okay. So uh, Lois King, owner of Lola's... I'm sorry, Lewis King, owner of Lola, said he had not received any threats to the business. Uh, I guess my, my point of this is uh, it relates to our suspect and arrest conversation yes, very much that you so. don't really have to identify the race of the uh, suspects here. Okay. Because. Uh, but, but you should without a, if there wasn't a picture, then you should. Right. I agree. Yes. yes completely. Yeah. yeah. And, and Downing's right, too. How do you know if they're male or female? Seriously. It, it'll get to that point, by the way. The the Mysterians just haven't gotten around to police reports yet. But they'll get to the point where a perp will be offended because he or she would be identified by the wrong gender. But see, I think that's the road we're going down by not by not identifying. Do you see huh? what I'm saying? No. You should identify suspects. Right? I, I understand that. But if, well, okay, I don't want to get out over my skis here. 
I don't want to too late for that. My skis. Well, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but this is an amazing story. Uh, I mentioned it the other day the uh, St. Paul School District is horrifically over budget on the renovation of some buildings. And uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press is doing a great job unearthing that to the point where the uh, the head of the district, the super, is announcing that an outside agency will investigate the mistakes wow. they've made. Uh, At what cost? Well, just a minute. Oh. It's it's worse than that. Oh, no. Uh, the sharp escalation of costs associated with St. Paul School District building projects prompted district leaders Tuesday night, that would be last night, May 21, to call for an outside review of its facilities management practices. There needs to be a change in how we operate internally, Cedric Baker, the district's chief of ta- staff, told school board members. Uh, isn't that their job? The school district <laughs> will hire the outside agency. Well, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the fox hiring the right. Isn't isn't that what they've already done here? <laughs> this is such a, an egregious waste and problem with taxpayer money that wouldn't this require some legislative oversight? I said to you the other day, my concern on a story like this is. There's no place where the buck stops. Right. There's no There's uh, no boss. fail safe that says, hang on a sec, let's check this. So why should the school district go get to hire the firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe right. and bring them in and say, hey, uh, examine us and uh, wink, wink, yeah. no, tell, us what we did, tell, tell us what we did wrong so we can feed this BS to the public. <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't... Uh, uh, a St. Paul legislative member, uh, but they're all in cahoots with these people. Okay, what about There's Department the, of Education? I mean, uh, Governor Walls is saying we need more money no, for education. My, that's my fear. There's no place where the buck stops. But this, this reporting and this being out there in the open should at least open a door or force someone to say, Who is that? Who is that someone, though? It did. Well, it's all like my. It did in response to I think it's Josh Vargas reporting this in the Pioneer Press. That compelled the meeting last night when they say all of this obsequious boilerplate stuff about we want to gain your trust right. back and we uh, we we apologize and we want to be thought of as earning your uh, trust and our credibility is at stake and therefore we're going to hire some people we're going to bring some people in to take a look at us. You shouldn't be the ones who bring the people in to take a look at no, you. No, it should be That's it true. should be somebody else. You're right. <laughs> what a bunch of. <laughs> so this is Midlar's part two, basically. It's just unbelievable. It, it really is. <laughs> and plus, why are they doing this to buildings when the student population is is in constant it's decline, dwindling? Mm-hmm. But again, I know some people there, and they have renovated a school that was going to be closed. They put money into it. I don't know how much, but it's and did it in fact close? Yeah, they're not. They're not using it. <laughs> Humboldt High project originally was to cost twenty-seven oh, million. It cost forty-three million. Oh my! Como word. project originally to cost thirty-two, cost forty-five million. And you have people. Wow. Who, well, I, I just. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 amazing to me that there is no member of the state house or senate to say. By the way, uh, we'll we'll uh, take this out of your hands, St. Paul. Right? Mm-hmm. Where's the education champion? And and there's no champion for the taxpayer in the mayor's office. 
No. There's no champion uh, for the taxpayer in the in the mayor's 16-member cabinet. We need a 17th member. There's no champion for the taxpayer in the city council. They're all of one mind. And you could just as well be talking about Minneapolis Absolutely. at the same time. Same things happen. What's the perfect solution? The perfect solution is for some, uh, to me, the only thing I thought of is some legislative, uh, introduce some aspect of a legislative oversight. So Maybe the in, state auditor. So you're in favor of the continued growth of government. Oh. That's what I heard. No, I would, I'm not calling for uh, the establishment of a new, a new bureau. <laughs> I'm not a calling for the establishment of a new anything. I'm calling for these people to get off their fat asses and say, wait a minute, we can't allow the St. Paul School District to, to feather its own nest here and bring in their own detectives. Mm-hmm. Where's the state? Jim Noble, the state auditor. What's the? What was the number? $179 million? Yeah. That's a lot of money for a, a school district that is scraping for every dime they can. I, I don't get it. Who do they answer to? That's my problem. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. The super. Stops with the super. It's so one-party rule town. And they don't answer to voters, right? Apparently oh, not. God, no. no. Hmm. Well, the one small ray of hope that there is for the current sitting St. Paul super uh, Ms. Karstarfen, whenever she would go to a school, she had an, a, a, a complete staff along with her. She What's had that a, got to do with anything? Well, this new guy, when he walks into a school, he's alone. He doesn't have people. Well, so you, that's your way of saying he's more down-to-earth, more budget-minded, more fiscally-minded. Well, I, it's a little push. It's a teeny little push, or at least stopping the line. Yeah. And the school board said, well, we're just relied on the facts we were given by the building uh, building super, uh, Tom Parent. Well, you got to get to... Uh, what are you on the school board for? To kick Mark Twain out of the library? <laughs> Does anybody do any work? What do you know about these bids you mentioned where some of them were coming in almost twice uh, what they had projected? Yeah, and they're... How are these bids... um, How do they go up that much? We projected cost of, you said, $20 million, actual cost... Thirty-five million for one of those projects, and, and not to mention, well, Kenny, they, come, they have answers for that. They they come up with one of the answers. Well, was how come tariffs? How come <laughs> when we when we hire somebody and we're given a proposal of three thousand dollars, the the bill comes in at three thousand dollars? Because if not, you get fired. They don't get fired. Uh. In twenty sixteen, the Public Works Department in St. Paul estimated that a remake of Jackson Street between Shepherd Road and about, oh, I don't know, 12th Street maybe, 11th, yep. 10th, uh, was estimated to cost $8 million. They got it 100% wrong. It came in at $16.5 million. That's twice. Wow. 100% wrong. So is somebody milking the system here? I mean, do we look at the contractor? Do we look at the suppliers, the union? Follow the money. Where yeah, I would. Are, are these legitimate expenses? Or is a contractor saying, huh, no way in hell could I have done that How for How can it be million? legitimate when you get it wrong 100%? Yeah, yeah. That's called being off. I'll build you a house for $100,000 and right. you sign the contract. Boom. And they come back and say, you know what? Uh, price of two-by-fours went up at my lumber yard. Uh, your house now is going to cost you $200,000. i am not buying. So you're not going to buy I'm it. I'm walking away. Yeah. Right. Or I'm just and saying. so is the bank, for that matter, mm-hmm. because I got my mortgage to build the house mm-hmm. through the bank. The bank isn't going to allow that. Yeah, but the bank of money at the government never runs out. <laughs> 
It will one day. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, we'll all be Detroit eventually. Oh, Oof. God. Mm-hmm. Really? Or maybe worse than that, we could all be Chicago eventually. Well, I know our park system just took a kick to the crotch. <laughs> Isn't that a shame? Say <laughs> they're located right here in Minnesota, DennisKirk.com, trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your motorcycle. Huge in-stock selection, more than 160,000 products in stock. What would you find on windshields alone, page after page? I've moved on to something else. All right. Just talk to me at the end. Guaranteed best prices, same-day shipping, satisfaction <laughs> guarantee. If you buy a helmet or an apparel item from DennisKirk.com and it doesn't fit or you don't like it, no problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com, $89 order ship free, but here's the best part. You order by 8 o'clock today, you'll get it tomorrow. A great Memorial Day riding a weekend is coming up. Get in touch with DennisKirk.com. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago, and I'm thinking about picking up another one, a Camelback, where you carry a bag of water on your bag yeah. or on your back. It has a hose. And I'm wondering if those bladders will... Uh, you think you can put gin in those? I'm sure you could. Oh. I think that would be unwise. Because I'm uh, going to an event this weekend, and I think I'll get parched. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, Only if you're walking. Only if you're walking. Do you mix up the screwdrivers ahead of time and then dump then them all in? Then you dump it in. Yeah, then you dump it in. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm on the website right now. Why don't we come back and talk about this urgent park news? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Sad news. Yeah, tough day over on uh, the Mill City side of the world. After a six-year reign as the best city park in the country, city park system in the country, Minneapolis have been knocked off by the nation's capital. Ooh. The Trust for Public Land, a nonprofit group, ranks the 100 largest U.S. city park systems on accessibility, acreage, spending per capita, and amenities, such as the number of basketball hoops, dog parks, and restrooms. In its annual rankings released Wednesday, Minneapolis dropped to third place, with first place honors going to Washington, D.C., where new playgrounds helped it helped boost it above the Twin Cities. St. Paul. Stayed in second place. Ooh, first loser. <laughs> no, St. Paul's ahead of Minneapolis yeah, now. And they held strong. Yeah. So, oh. so it was a misplaced boo. Oh, I wanted to be number one. Yeah. Minneapolis has enjoyed the top spot since 2013 and shared it with St. Paul in 2015. But the city's growing population means there are more people who live farther than walking distance from the park. According to <laughs> Susan Schmidt, Minnesota director of TPL. What's that? Trust for Public Land. Yeah. In particular, Schmidt said the city needs to improve access to parks in the growing north side and northeast. They know they need access to parks on the upper river north of downtown. She said they can't keep ahead of the population growth. About 96% of Minneapolis residents live within a 10-minute walk of a park. In St. Paul, it's 98%. The national average is 72%. Mm-hmm. What do they mean by access? There it is. Just walk in. What's the problem? What do they mean by access? Yeah, that's a good point. It must be they must um, they Parking must lots, they must distinguish access by lanes. your ability to walk to it, yeah. as opposed to take an evil internal combustion. I'm trying to engine. remember the last time I walked to a park mm-hmm. in my lifetime. 
the park board is looking to acquire land for a new park in the North Loop and is in negotiations to build a green corridor along North <laughs> 8th Avenue. One of the paragraphs I circled. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a dollar figure up. If you keep reading, there's a dollar figure coming, too. So, uh, well, St. Paul's upcoming developments uh, uh, include uh, land acquired and donated by TPL. The city is finishing construction on a $10 million yes. Frogtown Community Center. I wonder what that'll cost when they're done. Uh, <laughs> don't we have one already? Is the Rondo Center on Dale and University? Isn't that a St. Paul spends two hundred and twenty dollars per capita on parks in Washington right D.C. spends two hundred and seventy bucks per capita. Minneapolis, Minneapolis spends two hundred and ninety nine. Now, when they say Minneapolis spends that or St. Paul spends that, don't they mean me we, and you? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, because they yeah, printed up some money. That's what I thought. <laughs> The Trust for Public Land began ranking parks in 2012. Uh, they they got some nice parks, apparently, in Arlington, Virginia, Portland, Oregon, and Irvine, California. Yeah, all right. Here's the part about walking. Here's the part about walking. 72% of people in the 100 top cities live within a 10-minute walk of a park. That's how they must judge it. you got to get in your car. Mm-hmm. You got to get the kids strapped in. Hey, wait. You got to stop at the gas station first. Wait. You have no access to a park. No, right. Ten minute walk? Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Hell, I'm four minutes away. Boom. He's in. <laughs> I win. Oh, yeah. You're I in. win. You're in. You're in the circle of friendship. How far are you from a park in walking distance? Uh, I am four blocks. Well, that's ten minutes. It's under ten minutes. That's under ten minutes. So I'm. I'm, I'm under ten minutes. But my park will lead me to every other park in the Twin Cities. If you get on the yeah. parkway. Right. Which Where is why gonna, it's called the parkway. Where are they going to build a park <laughs> in the North Loop? Uh, they got, you can get them. They got land up there. They got so a couple of trees. We got nothing grass. but money, Reavers. Oh my God. A, a jungle gym and some monkey bars. <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you on the monkey bars? <laughs> uh, let's come back with a John Height newscast, shall we? A beautiful lawn, it's just a click away. And if my schedule is right, this is the last time this spring you'll hear me talking about ProfessionalTurf.com. I'm a very satisfied customer, but uh, rather disappointed in myself. I should have mowed yesterday for the third time. You dummy. You know what? This rain, that grass (laughs) is going to be as high as your knees. (laughs) It's knee high and soaking wet. I'm going to have to go through it twice tomorrow. Have you mowed yet over at your place? I mowed once and I beat the rain, so I'm I'm wet. Socks. Yeah, wet socks, exactly. How about the weed situation? I know my wife came to me the other day talking about, oh, well, what is this over here? And I said, honey, it's it's out of our hands. We don't even care. ProTurf.com handles all the weeds spring to fall. With ProTurf, Kenny, today I wanted to take a picture of my grass because I had the perfect <laughs> mowing lines, not one weed. <laughs> Why does ProTurf get the five-minute commercial? Because it works, because it's great. They all are custom. All our clients work. I know. I'm, I'm about ready to nerd out. You're right. And post a picture of my yes, grass yes. on Twitter. Here's my grass. If, you, uh, if you're kind of embarrassed by your front or backyard, do what I did. Do what Rook did. Call in the pros. Put your lawns in the hands of the best lawn care company in the metro. ProfessionalTurf.com. It's just a click away. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Cicero. John, I have to warn you and, and the other fellows uh-huh. that... Uh, uh, at one time, I believe I made a vow to leave Alexandria Occasional Cortex out of the show. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, 
You can't. There, there'll be more on her coming up in the show today, and I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How, what's coming up today is how could I possibly ignore this? It has to be. <laughs> you know what? You two, John and Joe, you should seek counsel together because Joe, uh, John is much the same way when I bait him about various music. She, acts. I, I fall for it, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> really falling do. for it the way John yeah. does. She gets the hook in me deep. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll be well. You just stay tuned. Here's John Height, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thanks, fellas. Uh, sports note: Not trying to jinx them or anything, but don't look now. Your Minnesota Twins have a six and a half game lead in the American League Central after beating the Angels out on the West Coast last night. They're thirty-two and sixteen, the second best record in baseball, right behind the Astros, who are thirty-three and sixteen. They are for real, man. How for many real? guys got home runs last night? Well, what did we hit? Three. That's what I asked. I don't know. How then about, you asked uh, me back. It was two Trout on that first pitch. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. It was the comeback was fun. I was watching and uh, just all of a sudden a lot of runs. Well, and Cleveland is extremely vulnerable yes. right now. Yep. Uh, the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference announcing Wednesday that after quote extensive membership discussions, the University of St. Thomas will be involuntarily removed from membership in Boo. the conference. Boo. This is such an embarrassment. What a, I was with, Reavers had a great point. If St. John's had any cojones, mm-hmm. they'd say, you know what, Tommy's, we're going with you. Yeah, we're out too. The hell with you, people. This is everything. This is the the generation of every kid gets a trophy. That's what this is all about. Yeah, press release said the MIAC President's Council cites athletic competitive parity in the conference as a primary concern. St. Thomas will begin a multi-year transition immediately and meanwhile is eligible to compete as a full member of the MIAC through the end of spring 2021. Now, all of this brings to close a process that's played out almost entirely behind the scenes as reports and rumors about the school's future continued to swirl all around. A conference source said the belief was that at least eight of the 13 member schools may have withdrawn from the conference by May 31st if St. Thomas has not been removed, essentially imploding the league. The source also said St. Thomas did a, quote, really good thing for the league by recognizing the handwriting was on the wall and accepting its removal. They're they're not accepting. It's called an involuntary Mm -hmm. withdrawal. Mm -hmm. St. Thomas President Julie Sullivan released a letter to the full campus community after the announcement saying, as a founding member of the MIAC, St. Thomas has a long history with these competitors, and we believe our Strong presence and success in the conference has made it a better and more competitive one. This history holds in more import- this uh, history, excuse me, holds importance to our entire community, including our students, coaches, oh. and alumni. I have a question: Is this all sports or just football? It's all it's sports. All sports. Everything. Yeah. Yep. The school's no longer in the MIAC. But here's what I wonder: If these other... they founded the damn conference, right? And if these <laughs> other university presidents that came to this decision, do they not realize that this is going to financially impact their own schools? You would think so, because people would pay money to go watch the the, the Tommies go play oh whoever. Johnny, no Tommy. one's paying to see McAllister come play your school. What the announcement means for your the f- grade school. <laughs> <laughs> what the announcement means for the future of athletics at St. Thomas remains unclear. Sullivan's letter said athletic director Phil Eston and others in the campus would immediately begin a deliberative process to explore other options. What what would their options be? To remain an independent? Uh, Northern Sun. I think so. Uh, yeah. Or if there's even talk of D one. I have a question wow. for all of you guys. Why do you care? Well, I went there, and I care because of the social cultural implications of the idea that we're 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 progressing towards a a, a culture yeah. of where where competition is held in suspicion. 
competition is being stepped on. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they kick the people. They they beat people ninety eight to nothing. There's a terrible imbalance there. But is St. Thomas supposed to be at fault because a kid wants to go there? Well, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Or not? Here. No, I don't know. It's it's the well, they're they're too good. We have to get rid of them, Kenny. It's the it like I said before. It's the every kid needs a trophy generation. You know That's the, what this is. The girls' hockey coach at St. Olaf. Two of the coaches they tried to recruit Sophia to go down there and play. And yep. we went down and we watched St. Thomas play St. Olaf. And St. How Thomas, badly did St. Thomas beat St. I think, it was, I think it was about eight to nothing. I but know, the night before I know, it was four to three. not know them, but I know of many of the uh, uh, women hockey players at St. Thomas. Out of out of skates, they look like they're good hockey players. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're unbelievable. But the the coach there, who's a garage logician who listens to the show, uh, I don't think wanted St. Thomas removed. Integrity would be at, at, at issue here. Why he would want them he? there just to to still just have the great competition every year. He doesn't want to win because St. Thomas isn't there. That's not a contest. Well, it was four to three the night before, but the one we saw was eight to zero. My point is that uh, he was still a competitor, and I don't think would want St. Thomas thrown out because that's going to make him look better. President Trump abruptly quit a meeting with. Congr- he had a president of this country who basically went around the world during his eight years and apologized for the fact that the U.S. was so great. Right. I had a dream I was partying with Bill Clinton last night. That had to be fun. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was just the funnest guy in the whole world. His excuses were legendary. In the dream or in real life? She she walked in on us at one point, and he had, don't worry, don't say a thing. Wait, he walked in on you and Well, we were partying with, you know. Hey, Kenny, Kenny, stop. I think Hillary's back. (laughs) It was right in the Oval Office, (laughs) too. (laughs) Wow. That dude could party. Okay, then. Uh, (laughs) President. Well, we weren't smooching or anything, what? if that's oh, what you okay, mean. Yeah, well, I wonder, was... what did you read a news story about him yesterday? I have or? no idea. Huh. Speaking of presidents and, well, President Trump abruptly quit a meeting with congressional Democrats Wednesday with a flat declaration he would no longer work with them unless they dropped their investigations in the aftermath of the Trump-Russia report. After the truncated meeting with the Democratic leaders scheduled uh, for a discussion of U.S. infrastructure problems, Trump lashed out at Speaker Nancy Pelosi for her comment earlier in the morning on Wednesday that she believed the president engaged in a cover-up of the Russian probe. The president then strode to the Rose Garden where aides had gathered reporters and TV cameras for his demand that Congress drop its investigation that uh, are increasingly leading to talk of what he called the I-word, impeachment. He said, I walked into the room and I told Leader Schumer and Speaker Pelosi, I want to do infrastructure, but you know, we can't do it under these circumstances, so get these phony investigations over. Pelosi told reporters after a private meeting of House Democrats that Trump is engaged in a cover-up even as she tried to tamp down some Democrats' rush toward an impeachment inquiry in their showdown with the White House. Don't you think he, he can't, he's not going to get lose an impeachment thing? Don't you think maybe he's kind of pushing, like, yeah, let's do it, just for the heck of it? Just well, because the Senate would never vote. You all know what right? a rider is on a contract. Yeah, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know the rock band comes to town, and you know no blue M and M's and sure. all that other BS. <laughs> the New York Times reported Monday night that former Kansas Secretary of State and immigration hawk Chris Kobach has a very specific list of needs the White House must agree yeah. to before he's willing to join the Trump administration as immigration czar. 
The post is one of President Donald uh, is one President Donald Trump has wanted to create for some time in order to coordinate his immigration policies across the executive branch. Kobach has a background that seems perfect for a Trump immigration czar. Here are a few highlights. He's pro-Trump. He helped create tough immigration laws in Arizona. He's a longtime anti-voter fraud crusader and advocate for voter ID laws. Uh, Trump tapped him to lead a commission on the topic after the president claimed the 2016 election was impacted by millions of illegal votes. Uh, uh, And he's pushed for a variety and E-Verify, the federal worker verification program. So it's no wonder he's among President Trump's top candidates for the job. But here's his list of demands. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wants an office in the West Wing, walk-in privileges with the president, assistant to the president rank at highest pay level for White House senior staff. He wants a staff of seven people, two attorneys, two research analysts, one scheduler, one media person, one assistant. Uh, He wants the president of the United States to sit down individually with the czar and the secretaries of Homeland Security, Defense, Justice, Ag, Interior, and Commerce, and tell each other, tell each of the secretaries to follow the directives of the czar without delay, subject to appeal to the That's president. That's a true czar, You it? make them do what I want to do. Right. 24-7 to either a DHS or a DOD jet. Czar must be on the border every week. Ability to spend weekends in Kansas with his family on way back uh, from border to D.C., unless the POTUS needs czar elsewhere. Security detail. Serve as the face of Trump immigration policy, the principal spokesman on television and the media, and promised that by November 1st, the president will nominate Kobach to be DHS secretary (laughs) unless Kobach wishes to continue as the czar. This guy is either uh, impossibly vain and tone deaf, or he clearly doesn't want the job. Hmm. He clearly He's either a complete word, I can't say, or he doesn't want this job. Right. I, I just what, I'd what like if he to ends know, up with it. <laughs> I'd like to know what Trump's reaction is. I think that'd be a funny. Trump probably doesn't care. It ain't his money. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but, but the part about access to the president and walk-in uh, permission and yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, border control, that sort of thing, U.S. Customs and Border Protection apparently has put up just 1.7 miles of fencing with the $1.57 billion that Congress appropriated last year for President Trump's wall along the Mexican border, that being told to a federal judge in court. Lawyer for the U.S. House of Representatives provided that info Tuesday to a judge in Oakland, California, who's weighing requests from 20 state attorneys and the Sierra Club to block the Trump plan from using funds not authorized by Congress to build the wall. In a court filing, the attorney, Douglas Letter, said the administration recently provided updated information to Congress on the status of its efforts as of April 30th, 2019. Based on that information, it appears the CBP has now constructed 1.7 miles of fencing with its fiscal 2018-year funding. I note you're holding your guitar. I am. Well, Something coming up for us? Well, yeah, well, here's, you know, I thought, uh, with that story, I thought, all in all... That's not much of a wall. You, I think you've got us stumped. Were you doing right. another brick in the wall? Yeah, like that? Oh, so, yes. yeah but he, he changed the lyrics. That's kind of cliche, isn't it, John? Uh-uh. That's got one of the best beginning licks to a solo ever. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's see. How's that go again? I used to know it. 
David oh, Gilmore a, is one hell of a guitar he's player. He's a very, very good guitar yeah. player. Play uh, yeah. I Wish You Were Here. I don't know I Wish You Were Here. No. My kid knows I Wish You Were Here. I, That's I an could amazing call song. I Wish He Was Here. Yeah. I Wish He Was Here, yeah, to play it. Uh, I don't know that one. Do you, do you guys know uh, there's a great uh, Paul McCartney ballad that Kenny will make fun of now uh, called No More Lonely Nights? Don't know if it is a new uh, release. No, it was a no, huge no, hit. No, 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 no. A Beatles a hit or a no, Wings Paul McCartney hit? in 89. Okay. Can you hum a few bars? Uh, uh, no more lonely nights. Yeah. Uh, you've heard, if you heard it, you would know. There's about a minute and a half solo out of the as the song fades. Yeah. That is David Gilmore. And the oh, solo really? is just wonderful. Really? Yeah. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, it's very good. Say, you visit any RF Molar, uh, Molar location between now and June, June 29th, you'll get 50 bucks off your watch overhaul. These watches need to be taken care of. You're not bringing... Uh, you're not bringing Moeller the $12 watch you got at Walgreens. You're bringing them on heirloom that you got at any one of the RF Moeller jeweler locations. These watches are like fine cars, which means you got to take care of them. You have to get in there. There are parts that wear and need to be cleaned or replaced in order to operate correctly. You've made a tremendous investment in the original purchase of the watch, and RF Moeller is there to help you protect and maintain that investment. you got graduations coming up, spring weddings and anniversaries. It's a really great time of year to get to an RF Moeller jeweler store. That's why they've been my choice for more than 30 years. I'm, that's no BS. I can, I can show you the bills. Uh, <laughs> but I'm... Pleased with every purchase that I've ever made there, and that's no BS either. RF Moeller Jeweler at 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Uh, while I have the guitar out, I want to mention a fellow by the name of Michael Price. We met about at Grundhoffers, and he sent me a nice little care package of homemade guitar picks made out of stone. Agate cool. And, uh, so agate, do they work? They work great. Uh, both uh, Dylan and I tried them out last night. Uh, agate and Jasper. They're made really? Out of, and Does he get them that thin? Are they yeah, polished? They're, they're so perfect. he cuts them that thin. He cuts them like a, a real pick, and some of them have uh, normal pick designs. Some have holes where you can hold, latch on with Do you your have thumb. one right now? Uh, I do, uh, actually. Pass my, it around the room. Okay, I will when, yeah. when we're done. How's that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Michael. Oh, here, give it. Give me that one now, and then I'll look at it. That's plastic. That, oh. No, he gave me the stone one. Oh, wow. That nice is one. really yes, here. Yes, that's yes. cool. I don't play. Yeah. So I'll just I pass mine on. I don't play. You play, man? Uh, oh, well, it's kind of heavy. How's it taste? I don't. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, oh! It tastes like an agate. You know, a pick here. invariably ends Tate up this. in a guitar player's mouth. You're right. So that one that's was probably, that was yeah. probably in my mouth. At already, least it was playing in his mouth. Hope you liked it. Uh, anyway, thanks to Michael. Uh, he yeah, stopped out nice. there. Isn't it fun first. to get gifts from people? It really is. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's a really yeah, useful right. one, too. Never so. tired of that. He actually, I uh, like cash. <laughs> he actually sent about We're 15. Not, so. We ate soupy sales <laughs> right, here. Right. We're not telling you to go to your mom's purse and send them all the green paper. <laughs> uh, we joked a bit about this yesterday, and Joe, you asked the question that when we talked about the U.S. postal trucks. Yeah. Uh, Auto giant Ford is teaming up with a robotics firm on a self-driving delivery project, which features a two-legged robot carrying packages from the car to your front door. So then I guess my question wasn't so dumb. It, it was wasn't. absolutely legit. And we huh. made fun you of you. You just mocked yeah. the living hell out of me. Uh, we did. That's kind of what we do, though. Yeah, we were so kind funny. of on autopilot. You there, just sorry. made the assumption that these were general deliveries taking them to yep. a depot. Yep. Right. No, and yep. I said... How are they getting it from the truck to the mailbox? But we came up with the T-shirt cannon Robots. idea. Robots. Yeah. The robot named Digit is made by Agility Robotics. It moves like a human and can lift packages that weigh up to 40 pounds. In a post detailing the endeavor, Ford Chief Technology Officer Dr. Ken Washington 
said Digit will help self-driving cars accomplish the final step in the delivery process because up to this point, that's been very difficult to achieve. The robot is able to react to situations like being bumped while maintaining its balance. It can also climb up and down stairs and navigate uneven terrain. Ford's plan to leverage robots for home deliveries is only the beginning. In January, Amazon revealed it started testing a six-wheeled robot named Scout that would make deliveries in a neighborhood in Washington State as a test. Meanwhile, FedEx working on a same-day bot capable of delivering packages autonomously. So we must all apologize because Thank what, you. what if something throws a monkey into the wrench? Well, uh, right, he's monkey, in the hood. A mon- wait, a monkey into the wrench? Monkey into the, into the wrench? wrench. Nah, that doesn't work. Uh, well, yeah, a dog. <laughs> he's in the hood. An eighty-pound uh, pit bull. Yeah, comes a dog, a cat, yeah. a tree branch, right, it says uh, it can be wet grass, uh, going like this. a <laughs> sketchy stairway. Uh, it said he can react rails, to situations. I maintain its prostitute. I find it unnerving. Right. Somebody help me. I cannot get up. Didn't you try this yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. Worked pretty good today, oh, I was too. working on it last Forgot night, too. Yeah, and and same, with the, uh, <laughs> same with the vehicles. What happens to that vehicle if somebody starts road raging at that vehicle, brake checking it, swerving at it, tail, you know, doing uh-huh. all that? What happens? Yeah, I, I don't know. Can yes, you in the back. I have a question. Kenny oh. just made me think of it. Do they sell, you know, like downstairs, they'll sell old news vans and whatnot? Yeah. Do they sell old mail trucks? I don't think so. I've never seen one. That'd be kind of cool. They used though. to because Does the steering they? wheel was on the other side. Those old Jeeps that they had before mm-hmm. they started using those little mini... You're right. You're right. Everybody, all, all my hillbilly friends had them. Sliding, <laughs> sliding door. Yeah. Yeah. New York Times executive editor Dean Baquat predicted that most local news outlets will die in the next five years. All oh, right. boy. They're not saved by a local billionaire, he said. Which is exactly what happened to the Star Tribune. In candid comments made while speaking before the INMA World Congress. And believe me, I've talked to our man upstairs. He doesn't want to own a newspaper. (laughs) Do you blame him? (laughs) The World Congress of News Media, he expressed a fear that local newspapers are at a high risk of disappearing from the media ecosystem amid the rise of new media. He said, the greatest crisis in American journalism is the death of local news. I don't know what the answer is. The economic model is gone. I think most local newspapers in America are going to die in the next five years, except for the ones that have been bought by a local billionaire. I can't believe how fast it's happened either. I've told you this before. On Memorial Day weekend of 2003, I bought a really rare Honda motorcycle from the want ads in the Minneapolis paper. There had to be a full page agate type of motorcycle ads Uh and then just think of homes cars everything else the classifieds had and it seems overnight that's gone it's just gone went to craigslist and ebay what will replace these newspapers nothing and the world's going to be in trouble look at the trouble we're in now with diminished newspapers and what the likes of a melvin carter and jacob fry are getting away with Do you remember how much it used to cost, though, to advertise a car or a bike? I don't remember. The classifieds, and then Craigslist comes along, and it's zero. Mm-hmm. costs you nothing. So, so Katie, you're in favor of newspapers going away. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, Gee, I hate newspapers. <laughs> you hate newspapers, <laughs> Kenny. The old Kenny treatment. Why, huh? <laughs> Why doesn't the St. Paul uh, School District throw all their extra money and buy right. the St. Paul Pioneer Press? Yeah, because that's not their money. It's my money. <laughs> Joe, to make your point, according to a recent study, 
Uh, over the past 15 years, 1,400 towns and cities across the uh, across America have lost local news outlets and newspapers. Is there a stat on the population base of those towns? I, I mean, are they all over 50,000 people, under 10,000? Do we know? I do not have that. Because, uh, Joe, wouldn't you think that the smaller the town the more successful the newspaper yes. would be. Yes, I think you'd find that to be true. I don't true. see the Fergus Falls Journal or the Echo Press in Alexandria going away. No. <laughs> God bless America! He's a racist. Why don't we take a break, fellas? No, no, no. I got, I got, let me do one more. Please, story. please. Only because I have a song please. that's going to annoy Kenny, sure. and I really want to annoy <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> U.S. F-22 stealth jets intercepted four Russian bombers. And, oh, that's not the story I wanted. Jeez. Oh, Hang my on. God. Sorry. God, now I'm screwing up. The Pentagon, there we go, has finally uttered the words it always avoided when talking about the existence of UFOs, admits they still investigate reports of identified aerial phenomenon. In a statement provided exclusively to the New York Post, a Department of Defense spokesman said a secret government initiative called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program did pursue research and investigation into identified aerial objects. Well, the DOD says it shut down the AATIP in 2012. A spokesperson acknowledged the department still investigates claims of sightings of alien spacecraft. There's something going on out there. Why does that make me mad? That's not going to make you mad, but it made me think of a song, and I know how much you love novelty songs. So, Flying Purple People Eater? Well, I saw the thing. Very good. Coming out of the sky. You want to sing it with me? It had a one long horn and a one big eye. I meant to shake it and I said, it looks like a purple people eater to me. There's a one-eyed flying purple flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned flying purple people Leader, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader, sure looks good to me. Is he, is he singing about a private part? Nope. No. Oh Take the God. break. Take the break. <laughs> what Quick. in the Quick. world? Here we go. And... Just like talking across your backyard fence. And this is a big backyard. Joe Suchere. All right, buckle up. I don't know how I'm supposed to ignore Uh-oh. this stuff. Click. <laughs> Alexandria Occasional Cortex says growing cauliflower in community gardens is colonial. <laughs> cauliflower. What? Not sure what to hit here. <laughs> what? What? Myself. She said Sunday that growing cauliflower in community gardens is part of the colonial attitudes that her Green New Deal will stamp out. She introduced the proposal to tackle climate change by radically transforming the economy, posting a series of Instagram videos filmed in her home state talking about community gardens as a core component of her proposal. What I love, too, is, well, how much audio do you have of this? What I love, too, is growing plants that are culturally familiar to the community. So that's really how you do it right. That is a core component of the Green New Deal, is having these projects make sense in a cultural context. And it's an area that we get the most pushback because people say, why do you need to do that? That's too hard. Then she went on to say that growing cauliflower in community gardens is a colonial approach. And the reason communities of color oppose environmentalist movements. What? Wait a minute. Whoa. 
But Ooh. when you really think about it, when someone says that it's too hard to do a green space that grows yucca instead of, I don't know, cauliflower or something, what you're doing is t- taking a colonial approach to environmentalism. That's why a lot of communities of color get resistant to certain environmentalist movements because they come with the colonial lens on them. What in the hell? Play, play what you got, Reeves. I, I, I had him shorten it, too. I can't take much of it. He's queuing it up right now. <clears throat> I thought it was ready to go. Is it ever ready to so go? So what, what is basically what is she saying? He's not listening. None of us have a clue what she's saying. And all, you know, in all my... You ready? Yes, I was queuing it up to the... I was not listening to anything. I was listening to the video. That's a shock. Let's let's hear it. <laughs> I was When sa- I asked you before, I said, you got it ready? And yes. you said, yep. Yes. And by the way, I was saving you guys from all the other nonsense that she's spewing. That is such a core component of the Green New Deal is having all of these projects make sense in a cultural context. And what? it's an area that I... And we get the most pushback on. Um, because people say like why do you need to do that that's too hard but when you really think about it when someone says that it's too hard to do a green space that grows yucca instead of I don't know cauliflower or something um, it you're what you're doing is that you're taking a colonial approach environmentalism and that is why a lot of communities of color get resistant to certain environmentalist movements because they come with a colonial colonial lens on them and and it should be no surprise that um that sometimes a lot of these projects some don't work out occasionally because our communities are naturally in tune to live in an environmentally conscious way. You know, a lot of us are one or two generations removed from living off the land. My family in, in Puerto Rico, in many ways, lives off the land. But um, if I went to a predominantly... Okay, I can't take any more. Stop. It just, okay, you I, in all my years... She's such an idiot. In all my years, I, I never thought the day would dawn... When I would have to research cauliflower, which, which I've done, cauliflower is one of several vegetables in the species Brassica oleacea in the genus Brassica, which is in the family of something. It is an <laughs> annual plant that reproduces by seed. Typically, only the head is eaten, the edible white flesh, sometimes called the curd, with a similar appearance to a cheese curd. The cauliflower head is composed of a white inflorescence. Meristem. Cauliflower heads resemble those in broccoli, which differs in having flower buds as the edible portion. Brassica olerisa also includes broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, collard greens, and kale, collectively called coal crops. I, anyway, I won't read you all of my research. I did some use research on yucca. What is yucca? Yucca is a genus of perennial shrubs and trees in the family, whatever big word that is. It's like a uh, spiky plant. I could find no evidence that cauliflower has anything to do with colonialism, which would, <laughs> by by extension, she probably is also referring to maybe imperialism. Well, but what what connection to what? How do you make cauliflower? 
And if she thinks it's offensive... I think I know. What? What? But I, I'm not sure. How do these community gardens operate? Are they all collectively growing the same agreed-upon crops, or are there people in there individually growing their own crops? Like you crops? get lane seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't well, know. So so that's it, the way it works. You, you can grow whatever you want in your so little box. So then her argument is completely moot and stupid because people are going to grow whatever grows in that soil. Well, plus, if she's intending... See, I never thought we'd have to analyze this woman. <laughs> if she's intending to suggest that that uh, a cauliflower is somehow offensive to communities of color... She apparently uh, does not realize that cauliflower is in the same family as collard greens. Now, stereotypically, aren't collard greens uh, a food favored by uh, black Americans? Yes. I I don't know that to be the case, but it comes up stereotypically. They're gross. Cauliflower is gross. Uh, Yucca is gross. Asparagus is gross. I love cauliflower. I I mean, we're all different people, and we all like what we like and don't what we don't. She's just being stupid. The only thing on here I don't like. Cauliflower, call me now. <laughs> no, she's. It's based on ignorance, isn't it, Such? Because uh, I'm guessing that she's basing this argument on the fact that they all collectively have to grow the same crops. When you guys, in fact, tell me that's not true. Well, here's I, I just here's 12 pages I, I went through on the cauliflower, trying to find evidence that you know evil white slave owners threw them at the workers or something. I I can't <laughs> I can't find any evidence that that a cauliflower in and of itself constitutes anything except uh, to be in this class of vegetables, most of which I love. I love broccoli. I love sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. I love uh, cauliflower. I don't Gross. like cabbage so much. Yeah. You don't like that boiled cabbage? No. (laughs) The latest Instagram stories aren't the first time. uh, No. Oh. Uh, Last month, Occasional Cortex said the... Now, follow this one. Last month, the freshman Democrat said the migrant crisis is due to climate change, adding that if the U.S. doesn't pass legislation addressing climate change, the U.S. would have blood on our hands. The far right loves to drum up fear and resistance to immigrants, she tweeted. But have you ever noticed they never talk about what's causing people to flee their homes in the first place? Perhaps that's because they'd be forced to confront one major factor fueling global migration, climate change. (laughs) So in other words, if they come here... They won't experience climate change. So our good friends in our sister city, Mogadishu, are fleeing that area because it's too warm? Yeah, you just can't grow a good head of cabbage. Is she <laughs> Is she literally, literally very uh, an, an ignorant person? There's three options we have to face for her. And, 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 and again, if you don't want me to talk about her, how in the hell am I going to ignore a cauliflower story? I can't. You've done a lot of research on it, too. What so. are your three options? She's either really stupid, and that's where it stops. She's just plain stupid. That's yep. leading That's leading right now. Yes. Okay. Right, right or, now or she is uh, carefully using this brief run as a congresswoman to set up a more lucrative television career. She's not that smart. Possible, but she's still that stupid. That will happen, but it'll be by accident. Or three, she's merely the voice for Mysterians who are pulling the strings behind the scenes. What about that? F- she has no thoughts of her own. So you don't think option D, that she's just messing with us? You well, know? that's a good... I'll, we'll give her four options. Or D, she's just 
a fun-loving chick who loves getting me stirred up. <laughs> I don't think she's smart enough to pull that off. Well, you'll notice something. She does sound like she believes herself. Mm-hmm. Notice yeah, something she does. in that cauliflower audio. And by you the way, that's taken. That's no. That's taken as she's walking through a community garden, mm-hmm. presumably in her district. You'll notice she only used the word like once. She did. Ooh. She yeah. did. Yeah. Which suggests to me that this that she turns that on and off for ah. purposes of instigation. Oh. oh. In the nail salon clip. Yeah. She used like oh. 10 times in 54 11, seconds. 11 times. 11 times in 54 seconds. She only used it once here. And I listened to the whole, the whole audio was of her touring the community garden. It's about three minutes and 23 seconds. She used the word like once. And the, the reason she was touring that garden is because she's, uh, she's a part of it for the next few months. Apparently. She's yeah going to be in there. Working it. But this climate to... change thing is absurd on the face of it. In other words, people are fleeing their countries to get here because of climate change, which suggests to me that climate change apparently isn't happening in the United States. I would say quite the opposite is true to the extreme, so much so that people are fleeing their country for such horrible reasons that climate change isn't even on the map to them. They don't know or care what right. it is. Of course that's, not. That's down at about 478 re- this, the 478th reason I want to get out of here. You know, they'd like shoes, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, medicine, water, How food, about something to eat? water, <laughs> yep. education, a job, housing, housing, Let's see, clothing. Yep. Where do you think climate change ranks on the – some poor 15-year-old kid walking around the town, the streets of Nicaragua. Where do you think climate change ranks with that kid? <laughs> it doesn't even – come on, the register. He right can't next even change to, his own underpants. No, it ranks right next to – Because he doesn't have any. Exactly. It ranks right next to – Park accessibility. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, right, it's right beneath it. Yep. They're a hell of a lot farther than 10 minutes from a park, aren't right. they? Um, I'm, I'm just confused. But does she think this is a colonial attitude is a bad thing? I, I, I don't know what she's even talking what about. What is a colonial attitude? That what, the, does she mean like you said, Joe, maybe fun- imperial? She's thinking imperialism. How can a cauliflower suggest patriarchy <laughs> yeah. or... Or oppression, or or male dominance, or no white sense. privilege. What or, is the world of community gardens like if you can't grow whatever the hell you want? Right. As long as it's not heroin. Unless it's a czar. <laughs> Cauliflower. I, again, a lot of these things make me just want to sit back, check out, and smoke a great big fat cigar. <laughs> Ooh, from yeah. Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater, the brand new shop. You drive east on 36, you stop at the last light before you cross the river, and you take a right on. Osgood. Osgood, and there's Sodi's, and it's a fabulous shop. These guys thought it out. They did it right. You walk in, f- fabulous humidor and great help, the world's best cigars, pipe and the pipe tobaccos. But they separated the humidor part of the store yep. from the smoking lounge, which is a wonderful smoking lounge because it has the highest tech ventilation system they could get. So you go in there to get your cigars for a golf trip, Memorial Day weekend, grilling, and you're, you're not going to stay. Father's Day. You're near, you don't intend to stay and smoke one in the right. lounge because you have time constraints. You're not going to leave there smelling like cigar smoke. Right. And they also have all the accessories, the cutters, the ashtrays, the lighters, really nifty lighters. Uh, and if you want to stay and smoke a cigar, you'll you'll enjoy you'll that experience, to. too. Great specials on all brands, including box specials. Uh, you can talk to representatives from Romeo and Julieta. 
uh, Monte Cristo, H. Upman, and more. Uh, this is just fantastic. You can find them at SodiCigar.com. Congratulations to Scott and Luke on the grand opening of Sodi's Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater. This is the cigar season. You don't really anger many people when you smoke a nice cigar outside, say, mm-hmm. if you're going to the Saints game. Or, well, I shouldn't say that because I bet at the Saints game they're so precious they don't allow cigar smoking. Outside the gates, you probably they, Can could. you smoke a cigar at a Twins game? No. I don't think so. No. Well, you know what? Have one in your car and you smoke it on the way home, talking go. about the latest Twins, uh, the twins uh, victory. So whether you're experienced a novice, want to join Sodi's Club, or just want a nice cigar, get to Sodi's in Stillwater and tell them the mayor sent you. SodiCigar.com. Say, uh, can we take a break? Because i got to come back and uh, uh, concern ourselves with something else here. Fantastic news, GLers. Towsley Motorsports in White Bear Lake now offers leasing for the on-road Can-Am vehicles. Experience the thrill of the open road with a Can-Am three-wheeled motorcycle built for optimum style, comfort, and control. And with a lease, you'll enjoy the benefits of a shorter time commitment, lower monthly payments than a normal loan, and worry-free riding throughout the entire commitment. Lease a Can-Am on-road motorcycle from Towsley today for the riding experience of a lifetime. Towsley Motorsports is located in White Bear Lake in the corner of Highway 61 and County Road E. Can we hear that again? I sound fantastic. Seriously. <laughs> you know what? I'll just talk to you live, and I have a question for you, GLers. How's that yard looking, that backyard, that front yard? Are you embarrassed? Well, maybe you should be. Uh, if you're embarrassed, if your yard is sad... It all ends right here, right here, and right now. You don't have to do that. You don't. You don't have to live like this. A beautiful lawn, and I'm talking the best on the block. It's simple. It's a click away. Professionalturf.com. I did it many, many years ago. I scheduled a free, no obligation lawn care estimate. They came out. Season Pro did. Stop by. Set up a weed and fertilizer program. Not only safe for our mama, the earth but absolutely guaranteed to give you the most luscious lawn in the neighborhood. Uh, It worked for me. It's working for Rookie. It works for everybody. Click on it right now, professionalturf.com. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. I I probably shouldn't do these uh, testimonials back-to-back, but it sounds to me... Like Aquaside does for your beach, what ProTurf does for your land, <laughs> right? You yes. know what? How awesome would it be to hire both and have them both there? Well, oh if you God, live on a lake, clean up the yard, yes. clean out the weeds. Aquaside sounds like it's it's the the, the equivalent of ProTurf in terms of keeping your lake free of weeds. You know what my neighbor yes. uses for his place up north? Hmm. Aquaside, I hope his mom. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ma, get down there. You want your ma standing out in the, no. Out in the lake? With no. A, you don't with want a your mother out there. I don't think so. You want the anti weed pellets. Mother in law, maybe. <laughs> you want the anti weed pellets from uh, Aquaside. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that'll take care of everything from weeds to algae. And I can tell when I'm out on the USS Good Luck in my afternoon pontoon ride going around Spoon Lake, I can tell who uses Aquaside and who doesn't because all the kids are at the dock where the people have used aquaside exactly. i've got it i've got our phrase for curb appeal 
ProfessionalTurf.com for, for Lake, Lake Appeal, Appeal. Yeah. Aquaside. Right on. They're registered with the EPA and DNR. Their products are completely safe for your family. The Lake Detective is on board. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. That's 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. Here's John Height in the News Bureau. Sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, fellas. The Minnesota Department of Transportation announced that the Goose Creek rest stop on I-35 has reopened to the public. Is this the eight million dollar one? This is yep. That the, cost uh, that should have cost about two hundred grand. The rest stop, which <laughs> the rest stop, which closed due to construction, reopened at nine a.m. Wednesday. It began back in twenty seventeen. The project was first set to be done in August twenty eighteen. Then was pushed back to September 2018. MnDOT said part of the delays were attributable to a two-phase construction plan because the two phases couldn't run concurrently. Uh, Goose Creek's reconstruction cost of $7 million. You might have heard about that after several lawmakers wrote a letter to MnDOT outlining concerns about the price tag in January 2018. U.S. F-22 stealth jets intercepted four Russian bombers and two Russian Su-35 fighter jets off the coast of Alaska on Monday. And according to the North American Aerospace Defense Command, the Russian nuclear-capable long-range bombers flew into the air defense ID zone, which extends about 200 miles off Alaska's western coast. The Russian bomber flights are seen by U.S. military officials as part of Moscow's effort to train its military for a potential crisis while simultaneously sending a message of strength to adversaries. Its latest intercept comes amid tensions with Russia on a wide range of geopolitical issues and a week after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo met Vladimir Putin in the resort town of Sochi where he warned Russia about interfering in U.S. elections. Obviously those things don't happen by accident and like you said. uh, So where does the order come from? Do you think the order comes from the very top? Do you think uh, somebody down the chain seeks permission from the very top? Uh, don't you think Vlad supplies the uh, order? It's, it's got to be, yeah. don't you think? I, I would think so. He probably did that because he tripped over the carpet playing hockey. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to pay. Yep. <laughs> a teenager from Memphis, Tennessee, became a valedictorian at his high school and earned more than $3 million in college scholarships, all while experiencing homelessness. Oh, wow. 17-year-old Tupac Mosley maintained a 4.3 GPA his senior year after his father's death led to the family's eviction from their home. Mosley moved from home to home over the last several months of his high school career, staying with different people and nonprofit organizations. Prior to his high school graduation, he received more than 50 college scholarships, totaling more than $3 million. Oh, awesome. Nice. He told Fox News, when I heard that I got $3 million, I was more than elated, excited, and astonished that it was that much. During his valedictorian speech last week, he thanked those who encouraged him on his academic journey and encouraged other students not to succumb to hard circumstances. He said, I knew that I had to make them proud. I knew that their investment was worth was worth it and just show them that, yes, everything that you poured into me was worth the money and counting. Mosley wants to be a major in electrical engineering at Tennessee State oh, University. I'm sure he will for be. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to poo-poo such a heartwarming oh, story. Are you going to call oh, this no. fake news now, <laughs> no, like Joe? but did you guys catch the part where he was the valedictorian with a 3.0? 4.3, Chris. I thought you said 3.0. I'm shocked, I wasn't I'm shocked that you wouldn't uh, get a detail. I wasn't listening story. because I found something that I think we should worry about. Uh-oh, what's that? Well, in 1954... 
uh, the U.S. blew up a bomb oh, over Bikini Atoll yeah. in the Marshall Islands. <clears throat> the U.S. government's first weaponized hydrogen bomb. It was a thousand times more powerful than the little boy atomic bomb blast that flattened Hiroshima. Okay. And a complete miscalculation. Ooh. Scientists had underestimated the size of what became known as the Castle Bravo uh, test, resulting in an explosion that was two and a half times larger than expected, and radioactive ash dropped more than 7,000 square miles away. Let me cut to the chase. They built uh, they built a shelter over the uh, over the island where the debris fell, yeah. and then they turned it into a concrete shelter in the 80s with plans to make it even more permanent. They had never got around to it. That concrete's now cracking. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, so you're out there in your sailboat in the Pacific, and the next thing you know, you're fried with the nuclear release of waste nuclear everywhere. waste. When that bomb went off, there was ash falling from the sky, and uh, kids and adults alike were seen sticking their tongue out. I thought it was snow. Catching it catching like it. snow. Well, they probably didn't think it was snow, but yeah, they were catching it like snow. And so now, uh, in 1980, a concrete dome 18 inches thick was placed over the fallout debris, but the $218 million project was only supposed to be temporary uh, with a more permanent site to be developed. That never happened. And uh, now uh, we got... uh, And we're fighting over what? We got... uh, Let's get this taken care of. We got cracks reportedly have started to appear in the dome. Part of the threat is that the crack... Is that the crater was never properly lined, meaning rising seawater could breach the structural integrity. Uh, so, wow. that's, just a little something good. for you to think about going into the weekend. That yeah. was at the uh, Bikini Atoll, right? Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I was a kid, I used to love, do you guys remember the show Beanie and Cecil? Vaguely. They used to get in their little ship and go to the no bikini at all, really? <laughs> which I found quite amusing. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's good, funny. It's a very stuff, interesting John. insight into your younger life. Thank, Thank you really for that story. I like yeah. Beanie and Cecil Boy, a lot. Boy, you guys actually. watched some really bad television. No, Beanie and Cecil was great. It was was great. it a cartoon? What was yeah, it? Was, Cecil was a seasick sea serpent, and Beanie was a little kid who wore a beanie. Anyway. Joe, what was yours? Yours was Chris and, Chris and Carl. What was the show you... The Bob comedy and, duo? Bob and, uh, Bob and Ray. Bob and Ray. Well, that Bob was a Ray. radio comic. That oh, was that was TV. You'd gather around the old talking box, laying yeah. on the floor there. <laughs> yep. Bob like and this, Ray were head in your hand. Like uh, Chris Elliott is what's-his-name's son. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Bob's. Ray Elliott and Bob Goulding. Yeah. No, They were Ray. very good. Bob. They were very good. Ray. Close enough, Rook. Uh, one more thing we can blame uh, on climate change. I'm not uh, blaming appar- anything on Apparently. It. Well, I'm sorry. This, this story says we have to blame... Sad dogs. Oh, no. <laughs> They've gone to that, have they? A, a boredom epidemic. <laughs> the reason Sad dogs. That dog is so down and in the And cauliflower dog. is colonial. A, a boredom <laughs> epidemic is sweeping through Britain's dog population, and experts say global warming could be to blame. <laughs> How do you know if a dog is bored? Across the country, there are reports of down-in-the-mouth do mutts. Lot? leading pet behaviorists told the independent the number of depressed and unsettled dogs they've seen in recent months is unprecedented they suggested the spate of wet winters could be at the root of the problem as owners cut down on the daily walks that are crucial to keeping the dog's spirits up i just had a deep thought yeah because i buy wholeheartedly the theory that the people who believe this bs Mm -hmm. it's become their theology Oh, without it. Yes. It's become their religion. Yep. Wouldn't the world be a lot better off if everybody just returned to their religion? Uh, uh, yes. Religion is evil. No, At least no, Christianity is, no, no, according to them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If everybody just said, you know, I'm not going to worry about bored dogs anymore. I think Sunday I'm going to check in on church. There you go. Boom. Uh, yeah. 
See what that old Jesus is up to. Yeah. What's he up to <laughs> now? Old Jesus. It doesn't start too early, does it? We're talking like 11.30, noon. Church? Yeah. Uh, you can go Friday. You can go Saturday night. Yeah, you can go Saturday night. Uh, you can get the early and then get there. last can, chance at 6.30. I'm just saying. It's not the real church. I'm just saying just it would take Catholics. all this BS out of the world. It would take all this BS out of the world. No more bored dogs because you wouldn't be thinking of things like that because you don't believe in this nonsense. That email no, address is Olson at garagelogic.com. Kenny with the... We got all Catholics in here, and he took a good shot. Well, it's not like an Elvis show where he's, you know, he's at 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. and 8 and again at midnight. We're going to stay for the next show, too. Apparently it is. (laughs) A homeowner, I don't, this story amuses me for some reason. A homeowner in Washington State was forced to defend himself against an intruder who broke into his house in the middle of the afternoon on May 17th. The homeowner has not been identified. He confronted the burglar in his kitchen and tried to fight him off with a piece of wood. When that failed... He just picked up his gun and shot the man once in the chest. Oh, well, he did the right thing. It reminded me of the old, uh, remember the Indiana Jones thing where the guy comes at him with the, the sword? Bo- yeah. He just pulls the gun yeah. and shoots him. <laughs> the suspect was rushed to the hospital. He will survive. The Thurston County Sheriff's Office said they plan to charge the intruder with first-degree residential burglary when he is released from the hospital. Well, congratulations for trying to use less than deadly force. You know, I don't know whether to read these, uh, but this is so kind. Uh uh, Nate writes, I've been a loyal listener to your show since 01, and like the rest of the listeners, was shocked to hear you would be leaving the airways. Even before your departure from terrestrial radio, I had been listening to your show as a podcast for a few years because my schedule didn't always let me listen live. There is something very different about the podcast now compared to a year ago. Hmm. I was listening to the May 20 podcast, and there were some emails and discussion about the differences in doing the show now compared to before when it was live. Here is something I have noticed now that really makes it a joy to listen to. All of your commercials and ads are done by you and the other guys. No outside ads or annoying jingles. This gives the ads much more validity. And like the emailer on Monday uh, said, it makes me want to support the sponsors. I live in New Prague. I am pretty sure I wouldn't have driven to Hugo to buy brats or to Stillwater for a cigar or to Forest Lake for a bike. But knowing I am supporting GL sponsors means something. The other thing I have noticed is now that you have moved to the new studio, the show kind of feels like you could be doing it in your garage. You have John playing on his guitar, Rook playing with the big screen, and Kenny with his tails from the farm. I can picture you guys sitting on lawn chairs around a cooler in the garage just shooting the breeze, and we get to listen in. I feel like if I saw you guys at the bar, I could walk up and order a beer and sit down and talk like we have known each other for years. You have absolutely ruined my ability to listen to traditional radio. Keep up the great work and keep pushing back. Loyal listener Nate Smithson in New Prague. Uh, I Isn't hope that he's, nice? I hope he's telling friends and neighbors in New Prague about this Garage Logic podcast. Are, Are you, you having more fun yes, doing this than yes, you were doing radio? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you been able to psychologically nail down why? Do you because, know why you're having, I, I think I alluded to it the other day. I know it's, why. Because it's, it feels like we're, we're part of a big club. But, here, but here's also the big deal, and that the... the a club that has actually allowed us to be members. <laughs> right, but we, we love our advertisers, and we always have. However, you used to have to talk for eight minutes and stop and then take a break. And sometimes that would, you, you couldn't reconnect. Now you can just flow. There are no time restraints, so you can get out what you need, and then when you're con- it's convenient for you, 
you can say, let's just take a little break and we're going to hit the reset. John, you button. seem uh, extra crabby these days. Why are you so <laughs> angry? Me? I don't think John's getting <laughs> crabby. <laughs> what? Th- this guy drove from New Prague to Grunhofer's. That's pretty awesome. That's a haul. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Grunhofer's is the uh, north end of Hugo on the east side of Highway 61. And right now, Spencer, the professional meat cutter, has got ribeye burgers made with all ribeye steak. And in time for Memorial Day weekend, he's added a new, uh, these are all new burgers. Sauerkraut and cheddar, jalapeno cheddar, dill pickle, mushroom Swiss, bacon cheddar, black and blue cheese, cheese curd and pizza. Also hickory smoked salmon and pastrami made in-house. Beef briskets and beef tri-tip roast. But don't forget, this is the brat capital of the world. More than 130 different brat flavors. Do not boil these. They go right on the grill. They're lean pork brats. They're absolutely fantastic, and the jerky is fantastic. The double-smoked ham. Cut the steaks any way you want. Cut the bacon any way you want. This is your one-stop meat shop. Joe, Phil chimes in, and he's talking about Grand Harvest. I won't read the entire email, but he says, do yourself a favor and grab the beef tri-tip that you can purchase pre-seasoned with Grundhofer's rub. He says, I can't believe it hasn't been mentioned on the show. I can't wait to try that. I'll try that. I'll try that. Find out more at GrundhoffersMeatMarket.com. Police in Washington are looking for an unknown woman who reportedly smacked a restaurant worker in the face with a takeout bag of food. (laughs) Wow. Apparently she was angered by the order. On Saturday evening around 7.52, a restaurant staffer at an establishment filled the customer's order for a sandwich through the drive-thru. Uh, things quickly took a turn for the worse, however, when the female customer became upset over the meal and decided to walk into the restaurant. Officials, uh, police officials wrote online, the victim said that the female entered the location, was verbally aggressive toward her before reaching over the counter, hitting her on the side of the face with the bag that contained the sandwich. The restaurant staffer was not injured, didn't know the suspect. Uh, they do have surveillance images of her, but they still have so, not found Rook, her. So, uh, Rook, when you were talking about doing the podcast as opposed to radio, by time constraints, you just <laughs> meant unless someone has a tea time. Such, uh, question for you, Suchi boy. What was now hurry up? What was that? What was that last story John just read? What was that about? That's crazy. No earthly idea, do you? No. No, no, no. <laughs> That's our boy. That's our boy. <laughs> hey, remember now between now and March, I'm sorry, between now and June 29th, go to any RF Molar Jeweler store and get $50 off your watch overhaul because you're not bringing them that uh, drugstore Timex, if you know what I mean. you got to take care of these investments. They're heirlooms oh. for your family. R.F. Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Don't forget tomorrow, toughest show of the week, Positive Thursday. You guys have to have audio challenges. You got it. Reavers got me last week. Rookie I did. forgot to tell you guys. I'm covering the Indy 500 for Garage Logic. Seriously, yeah. fantastic! I wow. purchased all the uh, necessary the items tickets? yesterday. Yeah, nice. And I'll be there this Sunday. This is not a joke. Not a joke. Cool. So I'll uh, I'll tweet the whole adventure. All right. So you follow Kenny on Twitter and follow us at GL Podcast Garage Logic Podcast version can be found at garagelogic.com. We'll catch you next time. GL Podcast version.